Well, our next guest has written about this. He's had strong thoughts to say about it on SENWA. He's a good friend of the show, as good as there is in covering the game. Mark Duffield is his name. Duff, thanks for joining us again. Hey, Kane. Hey, Jared. So what's the right system here, Duff? Because, well, there's a couple of points here. Firstly, the academy system. Let's put that to the side for one moment. And then there's the draft assistance package that some clubs have got and others haven't, which you've been critical of. Let's start there. Should West Coast have been given an assistance package like North were? No, I don't think West Coast should have been given an assistance package yet. I just don't think North Melbourne should have been given one. Um, I think any recruiter before the draft would have looked at those two lists and they would have chosen North Melbourne's over West Coast. That's before the draft. Mm. You know, look at the two midfields here. You've got Davies, Uniac, Simpkin, Will Phillips, Taron Thomas, um, Wardlaw and Sheasel versus broken down Andrew Gaff, ageing um, Dom Sheed, um, banged up Elliot Yo, uh, Tim Kelly and the kids. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, to me, one list was clearly better than the other one already and... And the one that was clearly better got to take five picks inside 30 and the other mob got one, albeit the best one. So um, that, to me, bothered me a lot more than the academy side of it. I fully understand why they have the academies. I think it is it is getting to a point where they're going to have to try and square it up by allowing free and unfettered access to NGA kids. And that particularly applies to the WA uh, clubs because at some point you have to establish competitive advantage in some way or at very least try and alleviate some of the competitive disadvantages at the moment what it feels like from over this side of the country is there is too much competitive disadvantage so uh, the west coast in particular have been outspoken on this i think trevor nisbet has has made his feelings known how much angst is there around this topic uh from Fremantle and the west coast stuff from from your conversations i think there's considerable angst and i think they're not the only ones either i think that um there's a, there's a lot of rumblings um, uh, from clubs other than the Northern clubs and, um, and and probably, I think, from the South Australian clubs as well that, um, that I think it's too tilted and they need to find a way to, to redress the balance a little bit. Um, and, uh, and that's going to be an interesting one to see how they do that. It, it seems like they might get a result on um, NGA. I also think the AFL needs to carefully consider its investment in West Australia and probably South Australia as well. It's um, West Coast and Fremantle have pretty much been financially holding up the West Australian football system to the tune of about between 250 and $300 million um, in the, over the course of their existence, which is something that, you know, I don't know what happens in South Australia, but it's certainly not something that happens in Victoria, where the Victorian clubs have to do that. So when you're doing that, and then you prepare a kid like a Mitchell Edwards who gets to ruck with Sean Darcy, or like a a Lance Collard who comes from a very challenging upbringing and West Coast spent three or four years, um, you know, nursing him through the system and, and finally getting to a point where they felt like they could draft him. And mm. then they go off and you basically train them to play against you. I, I don't see much incentive in that for the WA clubs. No, it's, it's a really difficult problem because uh, when they were established, there were kids coming through and being picked uh, as priorities Um who were in the system anyway? I mean, they, they were. They may have had a non-anglicised name, but uh, they were well and truly in the system. They weren't added to the system like uh, the Northern Academies do with their kids, with maybe one exception I can think of, and that's the Lizard. Um, so it is. It's, it's a difficult one where it's fantastic in theory, but uh, it's it's difficult if it if it compromises, you know, the integrity of the draft as as it did initially. 
But I think, Jared, the, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The, the integrity of the draft is hopelessly compromised. We understand why it's being done. Um, you know, the kids um, that were being drafted to Gold Coast and, and GW West were basically being swooped on and taken away from them. So the best way to get around that is to find a way to get them elite local talent, which makes it easier for them to retain them and gives their club a local identity. I think all that is admirable and, and that's fine. But let's not kid ourselves. It absolutely strips the draft of its uncompromised integrity. Yeah, but mm. they wouldn't be there if the academy... And there is the odd exception. The the kid that was taken number three, he was always going to play footy, I suppose, because he's... Uh, he was brought up in in WA until he was eight. But uh, for other kids like uh, Mills and um, Heaney, they just got they just played because the academy was there. So it's they're added to well, the Callum draft. It wasn't Callum Mills had a relative that played in Premiership teams for Perth in the Waffle, so he wasn't a stranger to to Australian rules football. I, I hear what you're saying, and I think in some cases, yeah, you know, it is important that the game grows its footprint in these states. Um, I still am scratching my head, though, how they arrived at the assistance package for North Melbourne. Yeah, I don't think and, there's uh, too many uh, people outside of North Melbourne supporters would argue with that. I mean, Brad Johnson was uh, really, really strong on it all year that they shouldn't be given any assistance. Um, so yeah, and I think I think we've got to be clear. A few people texting through saying West Coast won a flag uh, five years ago, but you, you're saying neither deserved the assistance package. That, that, you're not suggesting that West Coast deserved one as well. You're just saying that, that North I, didn't. I, the reason I did the contrast is basically, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't so much that, and I think I said there was a paragraph in the story. It's not, it's not so much what West Coast didn't get, it's what others did get. And, and when West Coast, so just to underline the impact this had on West Coast's ability to draft, if they'd have had... If they had have been given the package that North Melbourne had, then probably Colton Folstrop and Lance Collard minimum mm. are probably at West Coast because mm. they would have been able to, even if they had the picks in the wrong position, they would have been able to trade back into the first round. The problem that West Coast had throughout the first round, and they had three goes at getting back in um, using their future first as collateral, which is a really dangerous thing for them to do, but they were prepared to do it, particularly to try and get to Curtin. Um, they were prepared to put that on the table to try and get to Curtin first, to try and get to Solstrop, and they were certainly prepared to try and offer something up to get lower in the draft to try and get to Collard, but they just simply didn't have any collateral. And uh, clubs who wanted to stay in the draft didn't want to trade with them. It was the great advantage that Adelaide had mm. when they took Daniel Curtin. He's a great pick-up at, at pick eight. So it does have an absolute big impact on how they draft. And I think if you look at the club, with the biggest holes in their list right now, it is West Coast, um, clearly, um, based on performance over the last two years. There's no question about that. And the arbitrary nature of the assistance, I think, frustrates everybody as it's frustrated you. And that's why, to me, and I've written about this years and years ago a number of times, but uh, the, the, the issue should be built in. It should be taken out of the hands. If you haven't played finals footy for whatever reason, you picked a bad coach, you got, you got, uh, you got a lot of injuries, your, your recruiting manager was a dub, whatever it is, if you don't play finals for three years or four years, whatever the number is, then uh, you get a you get a priority pick at the end of the first round or something of that ilk that takes it away from the hands of the commission who uh, give our Christmas presents uh, if they're in a good mood. Jared, you're absolutely right, and this is the thing. As as much as we criticise the compensation package for. Um, Ben Mackay, which is quite hilarious, really, when you think about it. If he yeah. if he came over to Perth and played for the 14th and 18th ranked teams 
from last year. He'd be fighting for a spot in the team in round one. But, but at least, as, as we understand it, because of the formula based on the contract he receives from Essendon, there is an objective means of arriving at that pick. Now, we don't, I, I personally don't agree with it, but it's there. There's an objective means of doing it. There's a bedrock sense of procedural fairness in all of that, even if it produces a result that most of us disagree with. But when you're just making it up as you go along, which unfortunately the AFL does all too often, they make it up as they go along. It's policy on the run, and it's not good policy for a a sporting organisation of this standing and of this impact in the community. It's just actually not good enough topic that will not go away i love your strong opinion i like the work that you've done on this and it's certainly a topic worth discussing appreciate your time as always good on you guys good on you Duff. mark duffield there hamish ogilvy from the crows is going to join us their national recruiting manager we'll see if he's got thoughts on that but also they had an excellent draft we'll catch up with him on that and your calls on the harcourts open line one 736 736